Welcome in Braves Today podcast. He is Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. And the woes continued on the road, not just for the team in general. A.J. Minter continues to struggle. Uh, some big numbers there. And then as far as Austin Riley is concerned, the bats have taken a turn for the worse. And he's the type of guy you don't want to move him down in the lineup, but you may have to before it's all said and done with. Lindsey, where do we start? I wanted to start with Mentor just because right now, 8.05 ERA, second highest in the majors. That's in the majors, not in the National League. That's both leagues combined Mm -hmm. uh, with 20 appearances. It's absolutely unbelievable. 17 earned runs in almost as many innings. Yeah, it's it's really confusing. There's when you look at its surface and you look at all of the advanced stats like Statcast and things like that. There's not a lot of stuff different. Our Jake Mastriani, by the time this comes out, he just wrote a big deep dive, trying to figure it out. And it's a lot of like, well, maybe if you add up this and this and this and this, that explains it. But it's really, it's really confusing. His strikeout rate's just about the same. The fastball velocity is still really good, and. For some reason, the results are drastically different. And it feels like, yes, it's a, like you can combine a couple things and assume that did it. But for the most part, it's something where Atlanta has to make some sort of change. Just figure out a way to give him whatever time he needs to get right. You move him to a lower leverage situation, something like that, because he's throwing the ball fine. It's just not working out like it always has in the past. And see, even though he's not being used in a closing role, even that setup role, he's just continued to get worse. So it's, mm-hmm. I mean, they've tried to move him in spots, but, you know, does he become an early relief guy just to see if they can take their chances? You know, say a starter goes, you know, five and a third, five and two thirds, something like that, and they bring him in after six and let him go the sixth and part of the seventh. But I, I don't think they want to kill his confidence by, you know, shipping him down or sitting him. But at this point, I mean, he's, he and, as I just mentioned, Austin Riley are big contributing factors to the losing that Atlanta's doing. And I know that it's fresh off of a sweep in Toronto. Toronto's a little bit better team than a lot of people give them credit for. I told you they're always tough at home, mm-hmm. but the Braves just did not look good. And the one game they looked good, the final game of the series, where they put up runs, then the pitching's not there. Yeah, yeah, the, the blown save there in that bullpen game at the very end, it's always frustrating to see, but – the story of that Toronto trip was just missed opportunities. Uh, mm. First two games, Atlanta goes, I think it's 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position, leaves double-digit guys on base and gets, you know, gets shut out on 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 Friday with like a, I think a three or a three-hitter complete game, something like that. And you mentioned Austin Riley. He's been particularly struggling this year, but especially in the month of May. So on the year, he is batting. 247, 333, 396. Uh, that slugging 396, 102 points below his career mark of 498. Yeah. He has six home runs on the year. But in the month of May, it's been particularly pronounced. Uh, he is 13 of 55 in the month of May. He has one home run. He has one double, three RBIs, batting, uh, for the longest time, batting third in this lineup. He had three RBIs so far through the first half of May Mm. struck out 14 times to five walks. And I don't quite know what the answer is. We saw for the first time with Sean Murphy out of the lineup, they moved him down from three to four and they put Ozzie Albies at the three. And that seemed to work. Ozzie did well. He had some protection. He had a home run. You have to wonder if once Sean Murphy's back in the lineup, do we see Austin maybe batting fifth and Ozzie batting third? Who knows? 
It, it, the frustrating part is right now with Austin, and I mean, it's got to be frustrating for him just as much as anybody, is the fact that he was at one point in time when the average wasn't quite there. He was squaring the ball up. He's not hitting it hard anymore. Uh, at least this past weekend he wasn't. I don't know if that changes. I will say this. The last four games, Atlanta has had four losses. He is not hitting the ball well in those four losses. So it's not – you know, I think maybe once against Boston, he lined out the third a couple of times, maybe, and he hit the, you know, he hit the ball, he hit it on the head, but hit the nail on the head. But other than that, he's just he's swinging and missing. He's popping it up. He's popped it. He's fouling out. I mean, it's just I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's mechanical. I don't know if it's mental, or I don't know if pitchers have just had enough tape on him over the last few years that now they're starting to realize how to how to pitch him. It feels like it's a little bit mechanical to me because he's still getting hard hit balls. He's not getting barrels. So he's not he's not making optimal contact. I think he's mm. 58th percentile in hard hit percentage, which is still down from where he usually is. But his barrel percentage, which is a combination of how hard you hit it and did you hit it at the optimal angle to mm. go to be a home run, that's down to 38th percentile. So it feels like there's some sort of mechanical issue that's keeping him from making optimal contact. You may have to fly Chipper into Texas. Uh, Chipper's probably already in Texas at the ranch. Uh, have him swing by, look at the swing, make a couple tweaks, and you know, let him go back to the Austin rally that we all know and love. We talk about the woes with him, and we talk about the woes with Mender. Let's talk about pitching woes in general because it just seems like the entire staff kind of realizes that they're missing two starters, and it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Anytime you start throwing out months as far as getting people better – uh, that's got to affect the clubhouse and got to affect the pitching staff mentally. Yeah, a lot of it feels like a lot of Atlanta's pitchers right now are trying to be perfect. Like they're worried about, hey, I can't let this guy get to second or I can't let this run score because they're worried about do is the offense playing well enough to pick me up? Is like is the rest of the bullpen if I let this guy get on, can the guy who comes in after me can he keep him from scoring? And so what we need, it, it almost feels like we need a little bit of a reset. We need one of those series. I don't know if you're going to get it this week. We need <laughs> one of those series that just, it's one of those, kind of like when you played the Marlins last. You just, mm -hmm. you go out there, you hit a bunch, you score a bunch of runs. Your starting pitcher can just kind of cruise. There's not a lot of pressure on the team just to kind of give everybody a mental reset. And it just, the Rangers are first place in the American yes. League West. I don't know if you're going to get that against them. No. And after them, You've got the Mariners, then the Dodgers, then the Phillies. And so it's you're playing a lot of teams out of your conference or out of your division right now, and none of them are easy. You know, it, it's it, also it's got to be frustrating. It's got to be deflating and defeating because when those bats didn't get going, let's take a look at Friday night's game. Spencer Strider, anytime you have 12, 12 strikeouts, you should not be losing ballgames. Yeah, uh, Atlanta just absolutely gets, gets shut down. A game that I don't think anybody saw that coming, and – that was the start of the woes of uh, batting with runners in scoring position. And it's something mm -hmm. where Atlanta's not been amazing at that all season, but they hadn't been as bad as that. Uh, I, I want to think that there's something to do with just, this is the first time they've like, they faced a bunch of quality pitchers back to back to back. And mm -hmm. Toronto's bullpen is maligned by some, but they made a concentrated effort to go out and get more options in that bullpen. So I want to think it was just, they kind of had a shock because they went from the Marlins uh, pitching staff to Toronto's pitching staff, or I'm sorry, mm -hmm. they went from Boston's pitching staff Boston, to Toronto's, yeah. and it was a little bit of a shock as far as quality. 
but we'll see when they get into the series against the Rangers. Thankfully, they don't have to deal with Jacob deGrom or Andrew Heaney. You mentioned the American League just a minute ago, or at least some uh, them, them being in the, in the AL West. Uh, one thing that I have noticed, this is dating back to April 14th, so exactly one month ago, Kansas City, Houston, uh, Orioles, uh, Boston Red Sox, Toronto Blue Jays, Texas Rangers, Seattle Mariners, and then we get to play some National League teams, and then it's to the Oakland Athletics. Interleague play, in my opinion, is getting out of hand. I liked it better. I hate to sound like the old fogey when it was just a couple of series per year, a couple before the All-Star break, a couple after the All-Star break. Use it for TV viewing. You know, take a look back at Sunday Night Baseball. Do we get to why everybody always complains about the Red Sox and Yankees playing on Sunday Night Baseball? No, we were watching the Red Sox and Cardinals, as if we really care about that because that doesn't affect either one of them, except if one of them loses, they move back in the division. That's it. Yeah, like it, it's that's what they're doing prime time. And it just doesn't have the feel that it had when they first began this years ago when they started the interleague play. Now it's like, oh, cool. We got to fill out 162 games. So let's just start playing a bunch of interleague games. Yeah. With them doing the balanced schedule, the idea was less games against your division, more games against the rest of, of the league, which is fine. Perfectly valid concept. But when they did that, they also decided we're going to stack up a lot of the, of the divisional games later in the year to try to artificially build that that uh, race to the playoffs kind of atmosphere. And this is the downside of that. You have a whole month where you play two teams from your division and everything else is not only not in your division, it's not in your league. And so like the payoff here is towards the end of the season, we're supposed to get a lot more divisional matchups. But right now, it kind of feels weird to even look at divisional standings because you've barely you've barely played. You haven't played the Phillies once yet. No. And it's like, it just feels weird to, to even be tracking division standings when so few of these teams have played the rest of the division as of now. You have, you have, you already have two series against the Mets and two series against the Marlins, but you also have two series against the Padres. It's, yeah. it's so strange. And so... It's going to pay off in the end when we get a nice month at the end of almost nothing but divisional matchups. But mm -hmm. for right now, it's really annoying. It feels very um, expedition-esque, if that makes sense. Just because it, it's, you know, when you when you play the Mets, when you win and the Mets lose, then you move up and they move back. So yeah. there's there's a gratification there. When you play the Royals, if you have a rough game, you do nothing but move back. Like yeah. it doesn't, you, the, what you do does not affect the Royals whatsoever. Yeah. Whereas even when you play the Dodgers, I know people are saying, well, would you rather play the Dodgers who are the, you know, who are one of the best teams in baseball? Yeah. From a fan standpoint, I really had, I mean, from a, from a, a number standpoint and getting to, and having to play them and it hurting Atlanta possibly. No, I don't. But from a fan standpoint, Yes, there's a reason you have two different leagues. Otherwise, do away with it. Let's just do divisions like they do in football and just do it regionally and and have, you know, eight teams at the end of the year that all face one another for the playoffs. Yeah, whenever they finally expand to 32 teams, I'm sure there'll be a whole different configuration for this and they'll figure out something. But right now it feels like they overcorrected a little yes. bit when it comes to uh, the schedule and how it's balanced or unbalanced and trying to create drama late in the year and, for all they know, it could end up where some of these teams have just run away with the division mm -hmm. and there's no drama when they tried to artificially make it. So we'll see what happens. I expect them to adjust this for next year. 
And then when you get to interleague play, just what you said, what do you get stuck doing? Playing one of the best teams in baseball, the Texas Rangers right now, this year, they do not lose series. When you look at it, they win two of three, three of four. I mean, yeah, they'll drop a game here and there, but when you look back at this last month, that's all they've done is just go two of three, three of four in all the series that they played. Yeah. They're hot. I want to say they're seven and three right now. They've only lost maybe six games at home. It is hard to go into that ballpark and win. And again, you got lucky because you don't face Jacob DeGrom. He's on the IL and you don't have to face one of their better arms in Andrew Heaney, but Dane Dunning and Nathan Eovaldi, your starters for yes. Tuesday and Wednesday, both have ERAs under three Dunning's ERA is under two. Uh, the Braves kind of hope here is that you have Charlie Morton for game one versus lefty Cody Bradford. This is his major league baseball debut. Atlanta typically does pretty well against guys in those mm-hmm. situations. So you have to hope that that works out because Spencer Strider versus Nathan Eovaldi. Eovaldi is good, but you feel good about any game Spencer Strider pitches in. Mm-hmm. Game two is the big question mark because Dane Dunning has been very good and you have a TBD. And it's figuring out who that's going to be. It's not going to be Dylan Dodd. He started on Sunday in Gwinnett. So he would be in line to mm-hmm. next have a, a take the ball on a Friday. So Friday's game would be the first one. You do have options though. Uh, Michael Soroka moved mm-hmm. to a standard uh, five-day throwing schedule when all the injuries happened. He would be lined up to start on Tuesday. Jared Schuster would be lined up or, or is would be the starter on Wednesday in mm-hmm. Gwinnett, but is would be on regular rest to take the ball on Tuesday as well. So you have options. It just feels like a bullpen game is not going to happen because you just had one on Sunday. You can't do another one like that. With, the, with only one day break in the middle, especially if Morton doesn't go seven or eight innings tonight. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, with the way the schedule's lined up, I mean, they're just not getting enough days off to give any guys, anybody any rest, any guys any rest. Uh, I will say this, as I think that they have a come-to-Jerusalem talk. I think they go two and one on the road down in Texas. Uh, a lot of that just being because they have stunk it up four games in a row, and the Braves this year just have not – they haven't had the tendency. I think they were working their way out of it in the final game of the series in Toronto mm-hmm. whenever they put runs on the board. So I think that continues. I think the bats heat up a little bit, even though they are going to face some good pitching. And I think that they're able to take at least two of three from Texas. Yeah, the bats looked a lot better on Sunday. The defense was a little shaky, and I think a lot of that was just the wind. It was really windy. We saw, both. We saw I think, five or six errors between both teams. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel good about their ability to go in. I think they're going to go two and one as well. Uh, And I'll even go as far as to say the one that they lose is probably Tuesday, given that we don't even know who's going to be the starter right now. And uh, whoever it is, if they aren't able to go incredibly deep, which has been the pattern for a lot of these spot starts, you have a bullpen who's been pretty taxed because they just about everybody had to throw in the, in the last week they've gone through two bullpen games. So I'm going to go ahead and say not only two and one, but probably games one and three would be the ones you win. Game two is probably the one you lose. Kiss of death as both of us go two and one. That means we'll get swept down in Texas and uh, Arlington. <laughs> it's almost a guarantee. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor Braves today. Braves underscore today on the Twitter or bravestoday.com. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me.